Welcome once again to Inside LAFC. I am Max. Please remember to rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe. We, we certainly like to share some time, and we want to make it quality time. Coming up, Michael LaHood, who uh, played in Major League Soccer, uh, originally from Sierra Leone. We'll talk about his story growing up and that connection to the West African country. We will also talk about playing in American soccer and pivoting to uh, an on-air career. Really interesting guy. I just did the conversation. It was uh, quite enjoyable. And it always goes longer than I thought. I always tell him, hey, 15 minutes, and it turns out you'll enjoy it. Real quickly, some news and notes. I'm recording this the day after LAFC lost to San Jose 3-2. to two. Obviously, folks are going to be a little bit disappointed with the, the end result and uh, missing a bunch of guys for a variety of reasons. And those guys expected to all be back sooner than later the next game coming up sunday at home against the timbers the team lafc has had a lot of success again and i would imagine continue that certainly at home lafc's form was good this ended that the field if you joined our coverage on youtube tv the field at earthquake stadium is not good enough Uh, someone lucky they didn't get hurt i don't want to be that guy but when i see it it starts to look like a pumpkin patch after 30 40 minutes that's it that's not fit you're better off playing on an artificial surface uh, and I know Bob hates that, but that looks, you know, real hairy. Maybe I'll talk to him about it. I'm sure he's got some interesting thoughts about that field up there. So now we know with a game to go, what's going to happen with LAFC. They're in the playoffs. We know all eight teams in the Western Conference. And LAFC, I think, probably can't get fourth. Dallas will probably get fourth. I think LAFC finishes fifth because I think they'll get a victory over uh, they will get a victory over Portland. Dallas just needs a tie to get fourth. Uh, LAFC could finish sixth. They could finish seventh if they lose that game. Uh, I think if they tie it, they could finish sixth. I don't think seventh would happen. But fourth through seventh, you, at this point, you, fourth is gone. Don't even think about it. You want to get in. Matchups are going to be interesting. It would I would put my money on LAFC at FC Dallas, and we'll have a full playoff preview next week. Uh, but... Keep in mind, remember during the time of of COVID, after MLS is back, LAFC have only played teams in either the Pacific time zone or the mountain time zone. So they're going to the central time zone. It'll be their longest trip, which is maybe not a bad thing. And maybe not playing, maybe not a bad thing playing a team you haven't played. And they could play Minnesota. And that's another thing. They could play Sporting Kansas City, teams that they haven't played. What a weird season. But the playoffs are going to be fantastic. And the big ace up the sleeve for LAFC is the timing of Carlos Vela coming back. He played 20 minutes against the Galaxy. He played 35 minutes against Houston. He played 45 minutes plus stoppage time, 50 minutes against San Jose. I would imagine he starts on Sunday and he plays 60 to 70 minutes. And then in the playoffs, he's ready to go. That worked out pretty well. And Carlos Vela's a difference maker. So in a wild playoff, you have a guy who was MLS MVP a season ago and hopefully a lot of help around him. But again, we can't, it would be naive to assume anything with everything that's gone haywire in this season to think it's going to go smoothly from here. <laughs> Just prepare, for, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. CONCACAF Champions League is going to be back. So whatever happens with LAFC in the playoffs, by the way, MLS Cup is December the 12th. The CONCACAF Champions League will be scheduled December 15th to the 22nd. LAFC will have a one-off quarterfinal game against Cruz Azul. A location to be determined. Most people feel it's Orlando. I don't know if it's Disney World or maybe the Orlando uh, Exploria Stadium, which I would prefer because a stadium frames the games very well. And 
What a moment. Cruz Azul, which is a great team. They're, I think, in the top four in League MX. They're always near first. Uh, they got uh, some great players. Orbelin Pineda. They're playing in the Guardianes tournament. Jonathan Rodriguez, a Uruguayan, is the top scorer in Liga MX. And if you win that, you get America. And we'll all be together to watch that because it's right around the holiday season. So when we're with our families, we'll be able to watch great LAFC football together. And hopefully they get on a run. So a lot of good stuff to look forward to, even though the San Jose result did not go. There's a lot of positives. So live on that because we always have to think positively. We're going to be right back with Michael LaHood, an incredible story from a guy who lived the American soccer professional run. And we welcome you back to Inside LAFC. I got to meet the following gentleman. I knew him from afar as a player, hardworking American player getting through there, Michael LaHood. And I, we were connected again by Richard Roscoe. And I, I, I was supposed to get on the phone with you for 10, 15 minutes. And you, we were on the phone for an hour. <laughs> yeah. well uh, thanks for having me on first and foremost and yeah it's it's amazing how organic things happen I, I remember your voice uh, you were the voice of my rookie year and the first couple of years in MLS where all I remember was yes <laughs> and the way you'd call goals I use yes for every walk of life you know like after you know if, if I eat a good sandwich <laughs> if uh you know if I if I am able to avoid traffic those kind of things it's a yes <laughs> But it's interesting for me because I, I always remember ca calling these games and this is this, you know, we've got some years. I got a lot more years on you, but you were at a, at a unique time with Major League Soccer. And, you know, it, it really is changed in so many ways. But how do you how, how can you we might go a little out of order here, but recollect what it was like breaking in the league when you did. And it should be mentioned and we will touch on this, that you spent time in Los Angeles as a member of Chivas USA. Yeah, it man, I, I remember it like it was yesterday, I was a wide-eyed kid coming out of college, went to Wake Forest University. We had just won the national championship in 2007. And I get this phone call from Chivas USA saying, you're coming out to LA. So I left North Carolina and moved to Hollywood pretty much. <laughs> and here I am playing against the University of Virginia, UCLA, and those teams, and then in the blink of an eye, I'm playing against David Beckham and the LA Galaxy, who we know we don't like, and you know the Landon Donovans and etc. So it was it was a major transition. And when you talk about where MLS was, I remember that's when Fox Fox Soccer was just starting and calling MLS games. And I remember my first game. I made my debut, my first game against Colorado Rapids, and my entire family. I used to I used to have the old Nokia. I was really cheap about the phones in college, but I had the old Nokia brick. I was the last person to get a cell phone. So you're ahead <laughs> of me, man. I was like, what is, I was like denying that this was taking over. <laughs> what is this? That'll never catch on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember before the game, my phone's blowing up. I didn't even know who was texting me and people were watching on national TV on Fox sports. And I'll never forget. I run on the field. I come in at halftime. And I was just in shock. I forgot what position I was playing. I didn't even remember my number. I, and Preki was the coach at the time. I think Preki. he put me a right, right mid. <laughs> How many coaches did you have? At, at, you must have gone through a couple. You have, Vasquez oh. was probably there. Yeah, I started off with Preki. He drafted me in 2009. Then we quickly shifted to Martin Vasquez. That lasted uh, a New York minute. Yeah. And then we went to Robin Fra Frazier. And I'd like right. to say that was more... 
Robin Fraser and Greg Vanny, and then they traded me to Philadelphia. And it was, it was very timely because I didn't know the club was coming to an end. Uh, so I felt very fortunate. It was bittersweet because that was my first club. And you always remember the club that gave you a chance. So I, I have an affinity for Chief Estuce because they gave me a chance to have a career. Good for you. It's always a punchline in MLS. And the, the names that have been attached to that club and right at the top of the list from LAFC, Bob Bradley was connected at one point. Ante Razov scored goals for that team. And then you look at the coaches. You just mentioned Greg Vanny and Robin Frazier. Those are two of the three or four best American coaches. Let's say two of the best six or seven we have. And a lot of them went mm-hmm. to Chivas USA. And it's, uh, it's, people remember the bad, but there was a lot of good. And they started making the playoffs. They started taking it a little more seriously. It was, I think, I, I need, maybe we have to do a documentary on Chivas USA. <laughs> well, if you do What's a documentary, I'll, I'll, be, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll definitely come. I'll, I, have, I have a list of people that would love to come on for that. I'd definitely be like to be one of them. <laughs> how, many, how many clicks do you think we get for that? <laughs> oh, it's, it'd, be, it'd be clickbait. We'd, be, we'd go viral. We'd go viral. We've got to hear overnight. this story. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got some stories like wow. other people. Any, but, any good memories from Los Angeles? I'm sorry if I keep interrupting yeah. you because I, I keep... No, no, totally. No, from LA. I mean, LA, LA became home. LA is home for me. Um, I spent my off-seasons there every off-season since I started my career. So I'll be seeing you around Christmas. <laughs> oh, right. uh, yeah, and, you know, one of my fondest memories was... I would say the last time Chivas made the playoffs was my rookie year and we drew the LA galaxy. I'll never forget. I started getting formed towards the end of the season. And I was very fortunate to play right off the bat, my rookie year. And Preki brings us all together. And he said, all right, guys, our whole season is dependent on him. And he points to me and I'm like, pardon? <laughs> and Preki goes, yeah, and he goes, if the kid can mark Beckham, we'll win the MLS Cup. If he can't, we'll find someone else. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I have to have my best game against David Beckham. And it it was awesome to to have a manager like Preki say, hey, I believe in you so much so that I'm willing to take a risk and put you at the forefront. And it gave me so much more confidence to kick, start my career. I got to get Preki on here too. I got to get Preki. He <laughs> gave me one of my favorite memories. I was uh, in the Coliseum. It was the Gold Cup or was it? It was that a Gold a USA. No, it wasn't a Gold Cup or a friendly. It was USA and Brazil. And Brazil had all their stars. And it must have been late 90s. And the US won with a Preki goal. And I was in the Coliseum, one of like 15,000 people. And you know how big that place is. Oh, yeah. Before they trimmed it down a bit. Uh, so, uh, what a lovely man. So that's great. And we did Fox. I mean, we look, we Fox soccer channel was Fox sport world. And it started like 99 around then or at 98. So we were doing that. And then we finally got the contract to do MLS and we did it. ESPN was still there. So they would have the big games. Who are the, I mean, this is well before the latest expansions, but we would get a lot of Chivas USA games. Needless to say, we get third choice. We got a lot of, <laughs> and we got a lot of Chivas yep. USA. Heard me. And the cheapest USA I like because it mean I didn't have to get on an airplane, which was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we were grateful. I think for a kid like me at the time, I was I got I was living out my dream, and I just couldn't believe that I was a professional soccer player playing on national TV, and that always stuck with me. Of I'm still that kid, no matter what. I'm still that kid, whether playing as a professional soccer player or transitioning 
you know, into life after soccer, I'm still that kid from Sierra Leone who's living out my childhood dreams. I'm going to go out of order here because you mentioned Sierra Leone and a lot of people don't know much about it. Then uh, the movie, The Blood Diamond, that was based. And then we, you know, I did a little because there was news circulating about the kid, the children of Sierra Leone. But I don't hear a lot about it until Kai Kamara and yourself. First time I see the Sierra Leone flag. First time I, I see posts on Instagram uh, of Sierra Leone pride. And I'm like, bingo, because I see that. And Kai had a thing where he's in Freetown and he's like, you know, people think of, correct me if I'm wrong, people think of Sierra Leone, their, their, their impressions go, oh boy. Their imagination, oh yeah, it's dangerous there. And he's sitting on a, on a, a moped and he's in the middle of town and everyone's smiling. I go, I want to be there. That place looks great. <laughs> what is it like, to be, I mean, to be an ambassador for Sierra Leone and, and when can we, do, when can us three do a trip out there? Well, I, you nailed it about the happiness there. One of the things you often find when you, you leave your home country, especially in Western civilization, especially in the U.S., is some of the people around the world who have the least are actually the most happiest because yeah. things like family, you realize what really matters. And I think is we're, we're starting to see some of that this year, 2020. 2020 has become the great equalizer. It's become a chaotic year, but it's invited us all back into reconnecting with what really matters our family our loved ones our passions our dreams and Sierra Leone is my home it's where I was born a lot of my values come from there and every time I get a chance to go to Sierra Leone I think of my uncle I think of so many of the people who sacrificed for for me to have a chance to come to America so much so that in 2015 we talked about Kai and I and being ambassadors for our country we have been able to build a primary school or elementary school, as they call it here in the States, for the next generation of Sierra Leoneans. We want to see, can there be the next Michael Uhud or Kai Kamara or someone to do even greater things? And that answer gets answered if you just give someone the chance. If you just give them a chance to say, I believe in you so much so that I'm going to open the door. And we hope that our school is, is just the beginning of that. I had no idea that that was one of the projects. That's amazing, man. And, you know, just for me, obviously that's going to make a big difference to individuals and families, but the talent has to be pretty good just based on location. Obviously they don't have the resources. It's, it's in West Africa and it's close to Ivory Coast, right? And, and Senegal, mm -hmm. the countries that have had some success in the World Cup. And is, is it, is it a, obviously with resources and funding, is it an issue of kind of making those connections? And in addition to making a lot of people happy there, possibly finding success on the international stage? Well, there, there's so much talent in Sierra Leone. We both gotten to see it firsthand. And when I was with the national team early on, we were in, I forgot how high we got, but we almost got up to near top 50 in the world. But the little minnows of Africa, that's right, us. And we were beating you the top teams. How many caps were you for Sierra Leone? Oh, man, I, I, I'd have to Wikipedia that. Um, <laughs> I just did. Yeah. You, you represent them four times. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Sorry, as I interrupt you again. No, no, no. It, 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 it's a, one of the fondest memories I have in my career. There's nothing like representing your country because you're playing for something much bigger than yourself. You're, you're playing for an, an entire nation, not just your family, but for an entire nation who is behind you, who doesn't have much but they're willing to sacrifice the little hard-earned money that they have to come watch you play and put the entire hope of that country in your hands to say, please, go win. 
we need hope like this. As a, as a national team recently made headway with their results uh, is I think I see it. Forgive my for me, forgive me for not knowing this. Cause I didn't know mm-hmm. what I was going to ask that. But they, I think, in qualifying, they're getting a little bit closer. Prob- is that is that accurate? No, it's when we were with them. It, it, that was accurate. Ah, okay. But the biggest struggle that Sierra Leone soccer has is from a federation and structural standpoint. You'll see that throughout a lot of Africa, is the countries that are doing it right and have emerged as the powerhouses. Your Ghana's, your Ivory Coast, your Nigeria's when they're not fighting against each other um, in federation, that is, they've, they've gotten structure and they've gotten stuff in place where it starts at the top. And when you have the right leadership, everything else falls into place because leadership and then coaching. And I think our country has lost its way a bit with that. And I think that's why you've seen a dip in the results and we've gotten further away from qualifying for African cup of nations okay. and qualifying for, from potential world cups. They, they need the resources that includes one Michael LaHood. Well, and I'm glad you're there and making it aware because you know, these stories don't get shared. They, they, it's like they never happened. And we try to make, we should be making the world a smaller place, especially in this, this time of this technological advances where we can do it. Uh, politics in Sierra Leone, how have they progressed in, from where they were to 2020? It, they've come a long way. There's, it, was a mil, it was a military state. Uh, that's what caused the civil war. It was an uprising that happened. And it's a republic now. And so it, it's more in line with the, the British government. We have a parliament there. And it's, it's a hybrid between the American government and predominantly British style system. Sierra Leone's a British colony. So my parents say the loo, the boot, if uh, they want you to put something in the back of the car. Um, so they, they speak English with a British accent of sorts. So um, but yeah, politics wise, it, it's actually not bad. It's I think the corruption part that needs to be tightened up and addressed and people held accountable, especially from a footballing side of things for the country to grow and for us to make a name for ourselves internationally. It's, it's not lip service. I really want to explore. I, I've never been to Africa, North, South, East, or West. And uh, if I get a chance, I'd obviously like to see a few places, but uh, Sierra Leone's there, man. And I got a good, a couple contacts. So I'm going to use that. Hey, Michael, yeah. Yeah, he, dinner's free. <laughs> Okay, I will not. I will pay for my meals. Uh, obviously, you've got that on on your on your plate as well. But also, you know, I, I, we this is why we had our conversation. Is well, before I get to that, can you name all the clubs you've played for in your professional career? There were seven in total. Can you name all seven? Seven. Oh man, I wish this was Jeopardy. We should. I hope it ever makes. If I if I ever if I do what I think I'm going to do, I'll definitely have this as a Jeopardy question. So, I start Chivas. Philadelphia Union. I'll never forget when I got traded. <laughs> Philadelphia, Chivas, Philadelphia Union, New York Cosmos, Miami FC, Skyline Chile FC, FC Cincinnati, <laughs> and San Antonio FC. San Antonio FC. Yeah. Now you're working the Longhorn Network. You're a Texan. Look at that. You got, yeah. You, I, you have a 20 gallon hat or three. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not there. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a first year retired Texan. So yeah. it, it, uh, no, I, I, I never thought I'd be in Texas. You, you never know where, where life takes you and, and you never know where this game is going to take you. That's what I love about 
soccer. It's the world's game and it's growing so fast in, in our country. And so I'm excited. I never thought I'd be in Texas. I really like being in Texas. I'm you know, retired here, so I must like it. And when we talk about the Longhorn Network, being here in San Antonio with the growth of Austin, with so much happening in that city, obviously you see Austin FC coming in. So the city's going to have its first ever professional team. And, and we spoke to Adrian Healy a few weeks ago about here and it got, it got you really excited. And I just saw their, their teaser for their Jersey release. So, uh, we're excited. We're excited about Austin FC coming out here. Obviously, it'll be another Western uh, arrival. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good to have cities like that. Um, I think MLS has done a good job of having major markets have teams. And the league is growing at such a, a breakneck pace. And what I, what I think is going to be good is, in a way, to kind of have – time for those markets to grow and make sure each team is competitive because the, the parity of the league and, and the competition is what drives everyone to make each other better. That is a, a very good point. I, I, I have an affinity for Texas. I spent a little time here and there, but I love the music. I used to love those old honky tonks of like Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson. I don't know if anyone, I, I sound like an old geezer with all of this, the music, the food, and obviously the, the intertwining of the Mexican culture there where it's, uh, it's very pronounced in areas, make it a wonderful place. So I'm hoping to go there and hope when the when there's an Austin road trip with, uh, I'm sure, many members of the 3252. You didn't mention Carolina Dynamo. Was that was that uh, was that semi was that not complete pro yet? Yeah, that, that was semi pro. I'd have been in a lot of trouble if that, that wasn't uh, semi pro because that's when I was <laughs> in college. So I was like, wait, seven? <laughs> I was like, wait, stop recording. Wait a minute, you got the, I got the NCAA online too. <laughs> yeah, stop recording. No, the, the Dynamo is uh, PDL. So oh, that's we right. played as, I, I was an amateur. Um, yeah, it, those were fun memories. It, it, it was like summer league, yeah, the equivalent of summer league baseball for us, where we got to, our team was, were, all amateurs, all college guys. And the majority of our team ended up being pros during my time there. So, and one of our players, um, I forgot his last name, his first name, Daryl. He was a starting attacking mid for Trinidad and Tobago in the 2006 World Cup. Do you believe that? Yeah, he was a boss. The CONCACAF players immersed in American soccer at every level is uh, another documentary waiting to happen. (laughs) Put it on the list. Put it on the list. Uh, I want to talk about uh, LAFC and what, because we're getting towards the playoffs and I know you've been a keen observer of everything, but you, this is what I was going to say earlier. We had our conversation because you're, you're now pivoting to be uh, in the con on the content side on air as a broadcaster. And I've seen you, you know, affiliated with Jimmy Conrad is doing some great work there on the soccer minute. I see the Longhorn network. You're calling games, uh, college and pro and how, it's changed a lot since I've been. It changes every day, this industry, for better or worse. It's a crazy time, and sports has changed in a big way. And I, all that's on your plate as well, Michael. So, you know, I, you have my, my, my empathies, and it's, but how, is that, how has that been for you, making that, that pivot, that change? It's, it was hard at first. I'm not going to lie. Soccer is such, it was such a big part of my identity. And you don't realize until that thing is gone that you wake up for every morning without this, who am I? And then no one ever tells you, how do you transition? How do you retire in the midst of a pandemic? It's never happened before with sports in our lifetime. And so it was a discovery process. And I'm really grateful and happy that broadcasting, in a way, I feel like broadcasting and content creation. It say 
it found, you know, you find it. And in a way it also found me. I didn't realize that while I was playing, I was doing it. I was doing in-studio stuff. I was doing yeah. content creation and it, I, I love it. It makes me come alive. Uh, so to, if you were going to tell me when I was a little kid, Hey, when you, you're going to play, be a professional soccer player, but check this out. After you play, you're going to get paid to talk about soccer. I would have been like, dude, where do I sign? And, and so <laughs> it's a good living. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this next chapter of my career. You talk about the Longhorn Network. I've been calling games for UT through them. And, you know, I've been doing ACC Network games. So it's been, they know not to put me on any of the games at Wake Forest just yet. Wait a minute, wait a minute. See, I, I disagree. Uh, I di- they used to tell me that as well. Even with LAFC, we're not going to do LAFC games. I'm like, why? I go, what do you think? I'm going to sit here and like say, that should have been offside. Or I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it down the line. And you get all the know-how from me working with LAFC. Anyway, they'd get the know-how you because you could say, oh, I used yeah. to be on the Wake Forest campus. You know, there's a good place, that flight of stairs. That's where we, <laughs> that's where we snuck in beers. I, whatever, whatever it might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's you know all seriousness I, it's it's been so much fun to just i almost feel like i've been thrown in the deep end and oftentimes that's how you you know you don't know what you have until you have to do it and when that red light goes on there there's this different side of you it's still part of you that comes out but it's almost like slipping into another character and um, I'm still trying to come up with a name for that character, but I just, I love talking about the game. There's nothing like talking about soccer. And, and what I often envision is being on air and I envision all the conversations I have with my buddies who we have a group chat, we get on the phone. I'm a big Manchester United fan for better or for worse right now. And we go at it and just say, my team's better and here's why. The midfield is this and here's why. And that, and here's why. It's really a conversation. And I just look forward to growing you know, through the rest of this year and, and beyond. I watch anything and everything. And, you know, third division football, it's on. I'll watch a few minutes of it. And the, the streaming services are, are, are really putting a uh, burden on my family life because I go, oh, Danish, uh, Danish league. Okay, let's watch 10 minutes, whatever it is. But it, it it can be small doses, but it's made me such a, a more mm-hmm. metropolitan, cosmopolitan type person because uh, I have, I know through soccer about cities and nations and flags and cultures. And it goes, look at this conversation right now. I know more about Sierra Leone. I know more about all these because of these interactions you have by necessity in this sport. And I, and I, and I know I said this to many people who are still playing. I said, if you have any interest in broadcasting, you do this now. You make the contacts. Every player who's out there, whether you like him or not, give me your phone number. And it's a great place. It's, it's, you really hit the ground running because I, I, I think everyone who moves into that, you see the work that they're putting in. And it's, there's no shortcuts. And everyone who's done it, done it is, is real, knows what is required. So, and I've seen that from you. So uh, use all those resources, my friend. It looks like you're doing it. Uh, thank you. And you know, I, I want to thank you. And we, you know, we talk about Rich and obviously Rich, I know you're listening, not just saying it. Thank you as well. Um, Cause it is a, a younger guy starting out. You need all the encouragement you can get, especially during these unprecedented times. And that little pat on the back to say, keep going from the established you know, veteranos, as we'll say, uh, it means the world. It, it's so thank you. It means a lot coming That's through, right. especially with, with you, what you've done and the, all the accomplishments. Respecting us elders like me and Orozco, that's good, that's good stuff. But let's talk some LAC. Let's talk some MLS. Yeah. We're recording this the night after they lost to San Jose 3-2. to two. 
uh, a strange, every game, everything's different. And, uh, you know, I, everyone's tempering their, their enthusiasm. No, I wouldn't say that, but, you know, pre- preparing for the unknown as best they can, because we don't know. Right. So from your view, LAFC, how do they fit? They're going to be in the playoffs. We'll find out where over the weekend and overall these playoffs, because I will tell you this, the way now that they are here, it's you. It's going to be. It's going to be like the NCAA basketball tournament. Bang, bang! Results flying in, <laughs> out, in advance. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Yeah, this is playoff wise. I wish fans could be in the stadium uh, because yeah. I think these are these are going to be entertaining scorelines. You might see a six-six game that goes to PKs. You might see a one-zero. It's the unpredictability of it. And I think the unpredictability of it favors LAFC. I know it's for the club is the club has been such, I don't even know the right word for it off the top of my head that I can say on air. It's not a, I can say a bad <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, let me stop. No, the, the club, the club has been incredible and just, they've come out firing all cylinders and it just just getting over that that final hurdle. It just hasn't been there. They keep yeah. inching and inching. And it, this was supposed to be the year. This this is supposed to be the year where okay, we I say we because I am an LAFC fan. The cat's out of the bag. Um, and <laughs> stamp so it. We, yeah, stamp it. No, we were so close against Seattle last year. I was at that match, and oh, I was it just irked me so much to not get the result. And Here's this year where it's flipped on its head. There's no supporter shield that's being defended. It's actually, okay, one of the bottom tier teams that are making it into the playoffs. And you're coming into the playoffs not in, in form, per se, coming off a, a loss. A target on your back, so to speak. Yeah. And you know what? That is probably going to be the best thing for LAFC because now you get to spoil the party for everyone else. Everyone else has lowered expectations of you. And the media even may have lower expectations in the national media. And you know what? You're getting Carlos Vela healthy. Every game he plays is a good thing for LAFC. And Carlos Vela, make no mistake about it, is still the best player in MLS. He, I will take a half-healthy Carlos Vela any day of the week over most healthy people. And you can quote me on that. I've seen too many highlight reels. I'm so happy that I don't have to play against Carlos Vela. I've got buddies that played – against him or so I played with him at Arsenal <laughs> who, who said he is the most talented player like he was as talented Arsenal players saying this oh this is Arsenal players him uh Van Persie like they said Carlos Vela was incredible when he came in and that's at Arsenal and when he wants to play he's unstoppable so uh, if I'm Bob if I'm the assistant staff I'm making sure Carlos is getting you know, massage is getting, you know, acupuncture, give him whatever he needs, get him motivated. And this team will be firing on all cylinders. Timing wise. It's, it's close to perfect. I, maybe if you got him back a couple of weeks earlier, so you could have got him those, those 20, 30 minute games a little bit earlier, but we'll see. It seems like he would start on Sunday. It seems like it. I do not know, but after going 20 minutes, 35 minutes, 45 minutes, he maybe start and don't go the whole game because you, otherwise you're going backwards. Uh, I, I think that, and then if the playoffs should be uh, ready to go, I, again, it's, anything can happen, but they, this club's had a lot of criticism send their way. And in cases, rightfully so, they make the, some, some of them same mistakes, but it's been such an interrupted year and you've missed that guy that you just said was wowing Robin Van Persie and Terry Henry. And 
Uh, it's, again, I don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs, but it, um, barring any setbacks, he's going to be a starter in the LAFC playoff game. And in all likelihood, as close to a first full team around him as you could, could hope for. Yeah. And guys are getting healthy at the right time. You're, you're the team uh, objective. Number one, you make the playoffs and the team is building character. So yes, the loss against San Jose, San Jose has been fighting for their, their lives all year long. Let I mean, me, they, I said this on the broadcast. Were, nobody wants San Jose in the playoffs either. Nobody. Nope. And no. they, they've caught form in the right way. So if I'm LAFC, take a page out of that book. You, you are not the ones with targets on your back anymore. If I'm Portland, I don't want to play LAFC. And, and you know, that's <laughs> coming up. That's if I'm I, Seattle. That's who I would want to play because we've had a good record against them. It's a good matchup for, for LAFC, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Yeah. And so, and things have gone well for Portland this year. They're feeling good about themselves. They're pushing up at the top and they won the MLS's back tournament. And now with LAFC, you know what you're going to get from Carlos. Diego Rossi stepped up. He's pro- he's going to most likely be your golden boot winner. Brian Rodriguez, I'd like to see him get more goals, but he's getting assists. And, and you, know, like he, you know what else he gets? He gets a lot of yellow cards against opponents and red cards nowadays against the, the Dynamo yeah. as well. That's a skill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to get a lot of yellow cards. So. <laughs> you know I what it's like. For that. Oh, that you're like, that was a nice one. Very well played. I deserve the yellow for that. Yeah, I golf clap him. <laughs> but, and, and, and when we go, we, I give a shout out to Bradley Wright Phillips. He's reinvented himself in California with some of the performances he's put in. And when we go into the midfield, you're getting out to us to back. He is the heartbeat of this team in a different way that Carlos is. He is that conductor. He makes things go. And you see how much they missed him. They kept having to move different pieces in there. Janela tried to play in there. You had Mark Anthony K had to playing in there or playing in there. And you lose something when Mark Anthony has to drop in that number six role. He's a, he's so effective. He keeps getting better and better as an attacking presence and a box to box presence for this club. And last but not least, it's been my gripe with this season. And I think it's been something that, that hasn't been as addressed yet. Let's go. Even let's go. My, my one <laughs> criticism is the back line. And so this team can score goals. There is, they have firepower. It's not a question of where the goal is going to come from, but I, I would like to see how, how the game is managed more going into these playoffs is, is it okay to be the team that gets their goal? Cause you know, a goal is going to come. I want to see this team win ugly. I want to see them be okay. Winning a one, nothing game. I like and that. Everyone. I want to see Rossi doing doggies. I want to see Rodriguez kicking people even more, not to injure anyone, but kicking people. I, you know, Latif Blessing is going to bring it, but is it okay for this team to win one nothing? Because I tell you what, the teams that have won MLS Cups, yep. a lot of them have no problem. No one criticizes you to say, ah, they weren't that good. They only beat everyone 1 0 and won the whole thing. You think Seattle cared how Sa- they Sounders won last year? <laughs> they, that's Sounders 101 playoff soccer. They yeah. play. They do whatever the game asks for to win, whatever it takes. And I'd love to see, I think, for this club and this team to get to that that promised land and win a championship, they have to evolve into that. That We know they can play that tiki-taka expansive football, but can they also be gritty and show that character and that toughness? Because if you can do that on any given night, 
you're the champion. That's a that's a lot on the plate, but obviously it's manageable. But a few breaks as well. I don't want to steal your thunder, but you told me this, and I wasn't aware of it. All eight Western teams have qualified, so that's it. We just have to yeah. figure out the seating, so no one's going to sneak in there on, on decision day. Who do you? Th- well, let's just focus on the West. How, if you had to make a pick, who would it be? Ooh, I, and, and, and I, if you don't want, I, I, if you ask me that, I'd say I don't want to answer that question now. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I, I, I would have to think about it. I. It, it's going to be, it's going to be one of the, uh, that's, that's a better question. What kind team. of team will win it? It, it is, it is going to be a team that doesn't have a target on their back. I th- it's like- not going to be, it's not going to be one of, I think it could be any seeds from three to six. Three to six. Yeah. It's going to be one of those teams. Be. Yeah. It's going to be one of those teams. Cause they, they've shown that they're not just, they're, they're not just survivor. They've put together enough of a body of work they they can build off something now, and you know the, the, they're they're also not playing against the, the the San Jose's who are coming in red hot, who look like they can beat anyone, especially when they play on the, the surface they played on, you know, the other night, which is gnarly, a little rocky. Thankfully, that, but, that um, shouldn't be a play in the playoffs. Yeah, and it, it's a it's a bummer. One of my former employees, Philadelphia Union, has a chance to win their first ever Supporter Shield. And it's just a different beast when you get into the playoffs. And I think playoff experience coupled with 2020 experience of whoever is the team that shows that they're the most adaptable and has proven that they are the most adaptable, not when things are going well, but they've proven they can bounce back and show resilience will win the MLS cup. And when you say that, I think of MLS is back. I think maybe that was kind of like a, uh, a, a blueprint for how it's going to look here, although a little bit more of an advanced tournament. But I, I think what you said is spot on. Expect just using the seating, maybe a six or a seven, maybe even an eight to win a couple games and just throw everything out of whack, which is going to be fantastic. Sign me up for that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you're going to tell you what. I look forward to hearing uh, your, your content and your breakdown of it because you, you, you get the pleasure of doing it all. Right, but there'll be a team that could probably win a, – a, an MLS cup that normally wouldn't in a normal circumstance and history is not going to take that away. So, or maybe it isn't uh, very cool. Hey, Michael, great chatting with you, my friend. This was really good. And once again, it went longer than I expected. What's the matter with you? Come on. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's, it's a sign of when you're having fun and Ab- time goes out the window. Absolutely. Had a great time. Michael Lode, look out for him. Uh, big things for this young man uh, as now he moves into the next part of his career. Uh, an incredible servant as well for our sport over the years here and as well as Sierra Leone. Please rate and review and subscribe to the podcast Inside LAFC and continue to hear our conversations. Everyone have a great day. Oh, yes! They knocked on the door!